Welcome, friends, on this Sunday, June 18, 2023. I'm Rev. Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections. Our Gospel lesson today is from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, through chapter 10, verse 23. A Life of Compassion Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts, no bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff. For the worker is worth his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, Search there for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. As you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes.
We need compassion. Humanity cannot survive without it. Compassion is a concern for the well-being of others. The basis for altruism and the most virtuous motive one can possess. Compassion is activated within the human heart when witnessing another person's suffering. Compassion is helping other people feel seen, heard, and known. It is the bridge that connects us with another in need. Indeed, compassion is life. While on this earth, I believe Jesus was the very embodiment of compassion. To reflect on Christ's compassion helps us to raise our own compassion quotient and thus avoid succumbing to the whims of indifference concerning human need. Compassion responds to human need. In his earthly ministry of preaching, teaching, and healing, Jesus went through all the towns and villages. He neither waited for people to come to him, nor wanted anyone to fall through the cracks. Doing this compassionate work, Jesus was moved by the depth of people's needs. The word for compassion in the Bible means to be moved in the pit of your gut. It is to be filled with pity and heartbroken over the unmet needs of people. So what moves and stirs compassion deep down in your gut? Jesus went into towns and was brokenhearted over people who were harassed and helpless, locked into patterns of life that were harmful and damaging. Jesus came to this earth to seek and save people, offering forgiveness and a new life. Jesus willingly brought compassion, and his motivation for doing so was neither from duty nor guilt. Compassion is the proper motivation for all things. Just as Jesus went out and ministered, then was moved by what he saw, so our compassion is aroused whenever we go out and enter people's lives, seeing firsthand the depth of human need. Compassion results in prayer. Christ saw the masses of people and told his disciples to ask God to send workers because the harvest is plentiful. Jesus knows there are large numbers of people waiting to hear good news. So he said to pray earnestly and compassionately. Compassion brings us to prayer and impels us to pray that workers be sent to people who are right for hearing good news. We must not listen to the hellish lie that says that certain people don't really want the good news of the kingdom of God, that my neighbor or co-worker or family member is not spiritual and doesn't care about forgiveness or grace, that there is nothing within them to respond to compassion. The devil does not want us to have merciful compassion for them, to be moved to intercede for them in prayer nor to become a harvester in the field of people. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, and it is through compassionate prayer that the work will be done. Compassion sends us out. The call to prayer is central, but it's not everything. As faith without works is dead, 
so prayer without mission is empty. The people Jesus authorized for ministry were a collection of 12 motley disciples who thought differently about a great many things. Yet the compassion of Jesus changes lives and brings people together from diverse backgrounds and viewpoints. The disciples were told in their initial mission as followers of Jesus to go only to the house of Israel. Israel's house needed to be put in order first before they could ever think of going to the Gentiles. We begin by reaching out to people in our own backyard. Acts 1.8 says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus told the disciples to do exactly what he had been doing, preaching and healing proclaiming the message that the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom is not only something in the future. The kingdom of God has already broken into the present time, and the evidence of it is the transformation of people's lives now. The blessings and promises of kingdom life are presently available. Jesus sent the disciples out and told them not to take anything with them, They were to leave all their baggage behind. The disciples were to be stripped of everything so that they had the ability to see people and their needs and be moved with compassion as Jesus was. The kingdom of God was near to them, so they did not need to add anything for the mission. Jesus did not want his disciples assuming they already knew what people needed. Instead, they must be present to people and discover their needs without bias. As compassion is freely received, it is to be freely given. Compassion is the appropriate response to human need, yet we do not always react with compassion. The following are a few approaches which prevent us from becoming compassionate, along with some ways of cultivating a compassionate life. First, what stands in our way to compassion is a defeating and discouraging environment. Contempt, anger, hatred, and abuse drives out compassion. The environment around us makes a difference. If we find we must check our hearts at the door and avoid compassion just to make it, then we need a change of environment. Life is too short and the world too compassion-starved to maintain a situation that drags us down and hinders the kingdom of God within us. Second, an unhealthy pace of life. A person cannot have a compassionate heart if they are running too fast to see other people's needs. When spare moments are used to try and figure out how to keep all the balls in the air and all the plates spinning, there's no way to dole out compassion to others. So slow down. No one comes to the end of life and wishes they had logged more hours of work at their job. Develop a plan on how to slow down enough to tune into the needs of others and have emotional energy for them. Third, 
something that can stand in our way of compassion is actually excessive caregiving. Compassion fatigue is a real thing. Resentment can build toward the very people we care for because of constant giving without receiving. When the emotional gas tank is empty, it is possible to become cold-hearted, yet some keep going anyway, and ruin their engine. Caring for others must be meticulously balanced with caring for self. There is a time for everything, including rest and recuperation. Jesus regularly practiced the disciplines of solitude and silence. If he needed those restorative practices, so do we. And finally, what stands in the way of compassion is objectifying people. Whenever we put adjectives in front of people, compassion is lacking. Referring to those people, lesbian neighbors, black folks, my obnoxious relative, or the poor family down the street. Those are all examples of objectifying people and putting them at a distance from ourselves. Your neighbors are your neighbors. Your family is your family. And the people in your life are just people, period. Compassion arises as we look for what is common among us, not different. Compassion brings solidarity with others, not separation and division. So may you allow God the time to form a compassionate heart with, within you through being with Jesus. And may compassion toward others be the defining characteristic of your life. <laughs>